trying to be first. No, if you can't be first, it's me again. Hi. No. And thanks for opening up the soda can after we started recording. Right next to the mic. <laughs> You're welcome. That's going to be really loud. You have to start I'm over now. Nah, no. I'm too lazy. Well, you can just start it. We can just start it later. Should we start but, over? But then, hi, I get to go first. <laughs> I'm Dan. I'm uh, Patrick. Wow, really? <laughs> Can't remember your name there, Dad. Gotta spice it up a little. Do something different. Don't want to bore our viewers. Okay, they're not... Okay, I'm Carrie. <laughs> Sam here. Carrie. And no grandpa today, but we are still uh, here at the 2005 Academy Awards with If I Ran the Oscars, our podcast where we look at one movie from each year the awards were presented on TV. We'll look at what I won for and three other categories chosen at random. Because we love random. Because we love random. And after the monumental task of watching Lord of the Rings. Yes. Uh, which we, which we did thankfully only had to watch one of them. We do not have that much time on our hands. Well, we liked that. We so. did. It was fine. But we went with something in sort of the opposite direction. Uh, this... Uh, this was kind of a breakthrough film. Oh yeah, no, and we will talk about that. Like Lord of the Rings were yeah. breakthrough. So we watched The Incredibles. Uh, our Academy Award facts for this year are Clint Eastwood is the oldest winner for Best Director at 74. And it was Gran Torino? Uh, no, that was for Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Baby. Uh, also a good movie. Oh, with Kim uh, Jen? Yes. Yeah. Female. And Martin Scorsese joined... Robert Altman, Clarence Brown, Alfred Hitchcock, and King Vidor as the most nominated individuals without a win at the time. Chris says he just kept putting out good movies and not getting the win. Uh, Jamie Foxx was the second actor to get two acting nominations in the same year. That's good. Uh, uh, here's a fun one. By portraying Catherine Hepburn, Kate Blanchett is the first person to portray a previous Oscar winner. So that's fun. Well, that's convoluted. Yeah. But our movie not only won Best Animated Feature, which is not the category we rolled, it won two, but it also won the Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation, which is basically the Sci-Fi Awards Best Movie, and is the first animated movie to... So that's kind of cool. Who do you want to talk about first, Brad Bird or the or the voices? I think we should do Brad Bird. Okay, Brad Bird. Sam, what movie did Brad Bird make before he made this that people like? Um... This was an attempted trivia question. This is not me. Oh, oh. Trying to stump the band. This is not me trying to stump the band. I'm trying to... I read it earlier when I was looking at things. Uh, yeah. Iron Giant? Iron Giant. That one was a... That one was not a box office success. It really wasn't. And at the time, he was really hoping, hoping to bounce back. And was friends with, from school, John Lasseter. Who was... Uh, Pixar. Who was big in Pixar. Which is how he got his foot in the door for for this, uh, film. for this film. It wasn't his only uh, connection to Disney. He, in fact, was an animator for The Fox and the Hound and a creative consultant for The Simpsons during its early years. But, but that's not a Disney thing. It's not a Disney thing, but that's to say that he was not jumping into anime without a plan. Mm -hmm. The plan for The Incredibles, if I'm looking here correctly, was started in 1993 as a concept. When he yeah. really didn't have an idea of where his career was going, he's like, right. what if I did this? And it really took him a while to get it turned into a movie. Well, it's 10 years. Yeah. 2000 was when it really got moving. And he was actually the first outside director to work with Pixar. In that, yes, he was basically hired, but 
previous Pixar movies had multiple directors. Directors. And multiple screenwriters. And this was just his movie. So that's kind of fun. Also, remember uh, that we didn't watch the Miyazaki film for the podcast. Right. But Pixar Ooh. did the localization for Spirited Away. Or Disney did, but mm-hmm. uh, Pixar right. was a part of it. Miyazaki visited Pixar and took a look at the story reels for The Incredibles. And his quote here is, I think it's a very adventurous thing you are trying to do in an American film. And he's pretty good because at it. Because it was groundbreaking. It really was. Alright. Does anyone remember what Craig T. Nelson was in? Coach. He was, in fact, yeah. Coach. Mm-hmm. He has an Emmy for that. Oh. Uh, he was a guy on Turner and Hooch. I never watched that show. Yeah. Uh, Did you watch that show? I've seen bits and pieces. He was a character in My Name is Earl, which we'll be coming back to. He's done a lot of TV. He's done a lot of TV. But Coach is his big one because he was Coach. Holly Hunter. Do we remember anything she was in? The piano? This? She was, in fact, the piano and got an Academy Award for it. Ah. So, yes, also that. More recently, she was in Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice. She's the senator that gets blackmailed by Lex Luthor and has the jar of peach tea on her uh, desk and then explodes spoilers well good thing that's not part of our podcast yeah but so that's the mom and dad that's robert and helen so far in sure. our movie that we're watching i uh, what was the silly movie name that you found and you couldn't believe it was a movie the positively true adventures of the alleged texas cheerleader murdering mom yeah from 1993 yeah starring holly hunter right Right, right, right. She the oh the a poster for that one is ridiculous. She wanted to give her daughter the best shot of being a cheerleader. The things you do for your kids. Cheer mom. Cheer mom murdering people so that her that I'd watch that movie probably <laughs> once. No. I <laughs> uh, getting into a bit of an interesting casting. Sarah Vowell played Violet, uh-huh. and her job description on Wikipedia is. Author, journalist, essayist, social commentator, and actress. She was actually discovered because of her work on This American Life on public radio. Oh. Uh, which she did for over a decade. And Brad Bird heard her and was like, That's the voice cool. we want. That's the voice we want. And that she hasn't done much in the way of like dramatic things. It's mostly her work as herself. On the bonus disc that we have, there mm-hmm. was a video essay. Mm-hmm. Authored by her on the bonus. Yeah. She's in a lot of... She's in a fair number of video games, but always as Violet Farr. Uh, The dash in this one is Spencer Fox, who at the time was 11. Oh, well, that's cool. And is now the lead guitarist of a rock band. Good for him. I don't think he's done much acting. He really hasn't. Oh, he was was one of the puppies in Air Buddies. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't watched that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, when I said we'd You're come back to My Name is Earl, Earl, it would be for Jason Lee. He's the main character of My Name is Earl, and he played Syndrome. He has not done a whole, like, really he gets known for that. He was in a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, that so, he is. So we can see if Mom recognizes Mallrats chasing Amy Dogma, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Jersey Girl, Quirkman Cop Out. No. I've seen most of those. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> you wanted to admit that? And he's the human... When they remade Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh my god. Yeah, he is. <laughs> that would have been a good mm-hmm. movie for yeah. movies where animals talk. Yeah. Elizabeth Pena, I probably would not have been able to pick out of a lineup. 
that she she played uh, Mirage, okay. the the sort of femme fatale who's not actually a fatale. She's sure. just a you know yeah. the the attractive lady that suckers in the heroes. She's been in a fair number of things. Uh, she was in Rush Hour, which I don't remember. Founding member of the Hispanic Organization of Latin Actors. I we like that. And oh yeah, I had to get to the ones at the end. Wallace Shawn. Yes, he's from Prince Bride. He's from lots of things, but yes, he does. Yeah, he has done a lot of work. Princess Bride. He is the voice of Rex in Toy Story, and in this one, he is uh, the boss of the insurance company. Insure care. Yeah, he was on Deep Space Nine. Apparently. Oh yeah, duh. He's the Grand Nagus of the Ferengi. That would that would make good sense. Yes. All of you nerds who know what the Ferengi are can nod your head knowingly because that makes sense to you. <laughs> the Grand Fungus? What did they Na- call Grand Nagus. Grand Nagus, that's fungus. right. He's not the Grand Fungus. We're going to offend them. <laughs> you know, they'll come and get me. The last thing we need is Ferengi. And we have, I believe we have talked about John Ratzenberg. No, we didn't talk about him. We were going to if we watched Spirited Away because he's in that. But we didn't. So you're talking about him now. Do you remember... Cheers. Wh- Cheers. Remember, do you know which character he was? John Ransomberg? Yeah. He's the postman. Yeah, what's his name? Cliff Clavin. Cliff Clavin. Very good. He Too much television. He did not win an Emmy for that. But he was in how many consecutive Pixar films? All of them. Oh, wow. All of them. 12 or 14? This says... 17? 20. 22. <gasps> including... Isn't 23 the magic number? Including Ham from Toy Story... The Abominable Snowman in Monsters, Inc., Mac in the Cars movies, and The Underminer in The Incredibles. Not always big roles, but he's in all of the Pixar movies. That kind of does it for actors we should know. Though they did uh, do a lot of the usual Pixar thing, at least in the early days. They probably still do it, of random animators and technicians doing voices. So, for instance... uh, Well, Brad Bird is the voice of Edna. Brad Bird is the voice of Edna. Uh... Michael Bird is the voice of Tony Reidinger, the boy that Violet has the hots for. Uh, Brett Parker, the uh, uh, Jack Jack's babysitter, is another animator. Uh, And the baby is two babies. Sure. Uh, One of them is Eli Fuccelli, which is uh, baby of one of the main animators. So that was fun. There's not a whole lot to talk about this one without getting into... How nerdy computer animation. Well, we should say this is a film that I think everybody should watch. Oh, it's a very good film. It's got the great giant James Bond esque nineteen uh, sixties sleek vibe. To it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I mean, the what were we reading? There was like you know, mild sexuality, but I didn't think it was. I mean, this is not oh, a. I mean, yeah. this isn't something that you would not want to have your twelve year olds watch. I mean, I, there there were parts where if you wanted to read between a line there was a line there was a space there yeah but, but not all the 10 year olds could read between the lines no so the parents okay. could look at it and go oh oh yeah no the, the wife pulls the husband back in before he goes to work sure I'm like yeah no Maybe, we know what's happening but, there oh but we don't know yeah but i think that it was uh i think it's a well-crafted story there's some great morals into the story about loyalty you know family bonding working hard mm-hmm. things like that that are those those kinds of things stand the test. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to tell you how it ends because... Also, there's an Incredibles 2 you should watch. I know. It took a long time for that to come out. Yeah. Four tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we should nerd out about... Yeah. 
little bit of, I won't get into the details of the technical things, but sort of a general overview of the technical things is Brad Bird had never done 3D before. And he comes to Pixar and he brings along some of his team from Iron Giant and they start making plans. And nobody at Pixar tells him loud enough, hey, that's hard to do. Yeah. And so he just made plans. And like, this is, isn't this going to look great? And they all went, yeah, I guess. We don't know how to do that. That, That's going to be really hard, Brad. And he goes, yeah, but it's going to look great. And so they were, uh, where's where's the quote here about weak knees? Brad admitted that he had the knees of the studio trembling under the weight of the incredible, but called the film a testament to the talent of the animator. He seemed to be a, a, a hard taskmaster. Yeah. Well, not like w- strike the whip, but more. But expecting a yeah. lot from his people. Pusher. Yeah, this is this is a movie that I think I'd put up there with like Titanic and Scorsese stuff, where a director comes in and knows what he wants to, do and doesn't care when somebody says, "But won't that more take time? Won't that be difficult? Won't that be difficult?" Yeah. Says, "Well, so yeah, yeah. that seems like the attitude." Yeah. Because it, it was interesting it was to mm-hmm. even though it was really difficult well and i think for modern peoples you really need to go backwards before this film and look at animation before this film yeah because you won't appreciate what a giant leap the animation was if you don't take a couple mm-hmm. steps backwards i'd say even just going back to monsters inc sure which mm-hmm. also had fuzz but not hair mm-hmm. and a specific note in here is they had to compromise and give the kid in monsters inc pigtails because it was easier to animate sure and in this movie they do not do that uh a quick note on people who didn't work on this movie because it will lead us into the music first lily tomlin was originally cast as edna which i think would have been interesting but she turned it down also, original choice for the, uh, for the score, John Barry. No, John Barry. He who wrote the scores for 11 James Bond movies, including oh, yeah. the first James Bond theme in Dr. No. So they wanted this sexy 60s, they absolutely mid-century wanted. modern vibe, yeah. which is what, what you get from the like art direction in yeah. this show. The first cut of the trailer they put together had... Barry's theme from On Her Majesty's Secret Service in. Okay. But he did not want to duplicate his own work, basically. Okay. If he was gonna if someone was gonna riff on James Bond mm-hmm. stuff, it had to he, be original. Right, right. And so, he didn't want to do that. Riff now we can talk stuff. about Michael Giacchino. Is that how you pronounce it? Not so bad. Yeah. Interestingly enough, he had not really done film before this. Oh. He got his start in video games working with Super Nintendo Disney game. So he did the video game music for The Lion King and Gargoyles. His first composition was for the video game for Lost World Jurassic Park, which was a one of the very first games to have an original live orchestral score for a soundtrack. That seems like a lot for Danny. It is, but this was also 1997, so kind of a while ago. And once he was getting his video game scores, like an orchestra is doing it, then people started asking for that specifically. He worked on the Medal of Honor series and Call of Duty. So he was doing like war orchestra video game stuff. Then he got grabbed by J.J. Abrams to work on the TV show Alias. 
Hmm. Which was a thing. I yeah, mean, yeah. I hear I haven't seen much of it. I hear it was okay. Yeah. But from his work in Alias, he got grabbed by Brad Bird. And then once he had done this movie, then the floodgates kind of opened. Because he's worked on Mission Impossible, Jurassic Park, several movies by Marvel, and the Star Trek reboots. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Zootopia, and Rogue One, a Star Wars story. <laughs> and Spider-Man No Way Home. And he's coming, and uh, eventually, the Batman and Jurassic World domination. So, you know. He's been working. But this was it. his first major motion picture. So, did they get a nomination for this, or no? I don't think they got Not one for, for the music, which is a little sad. They got it for animated feature and sound editing. Yep, sound editing, but not for score at all, which is a little sad. I feel like there's some in here that probably are not... I mean, Prisoner of Azkaban didn't have a bad score, but it's mostly the same score as last time. In any case, what do we think about the sound editing? What do we think about the, the, the Foley? Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. How was the pew pews in this one? Yeah, good. Good work. Well, and there were jungle noises, there was underwater noises, there was animals, computer noises, there were electric things arcing, there was eating, explosions, dishes. Mm -hmm. So the movies nominated in sound editing besides this were The Polar Express and Spider-Man 2, where I think Spider-Man 2 probably had an amount of imagined sound in but I don't. That, that was the Doctor Octopus. That one, was the right? Doctor Octopus one. But I don't think it had quite the volume of new noises that this. Yeah, because they probably got to reuse some from the first one. Yeah. Yeah, and a, and a good variety of you know everyday human interaction along with the soup of stuff. Yeah. So our did first. Did they win for that? Yeah, yes, they did for some day. So our first bonus category is best song, which obviously there was no song in this one. one. Uh, we can talk about the, we talked a bit about the score and how we think it should have at least been nominated and was not. The winner was Finding Neverland for original oh, sure. score. Uh, also in there, Prisoner of Azkaban, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, The Passion of the Christ, which I don't remember the soundtrack of that. I have seen it once. And The Village, which is Shyamalan. So interesting there. Yeah. I don't know. Think it could have won. Next, best actress. How do we feel about her performance here? Well, I think when it's just voice acting, that's no. You can't get a best no. actress. I think that I can't say that it's never happened because I haven't done too much research. But I think it will be at least a while before someone can get that for just their voice. Hillary Swank won for Million Dollar Baby because she is punching people a lot. Yeah, but oh, I see. Yeah, we correct ourselves. Give us enough time. This was an interesting year for acting nominations. Right. Uh, but because they're just I just don't some of these people I haven't recognized before. Annette Annette Benning. An- Annette Benning. Benning, yeah. sorry. Uh, Catalina Sandino Moreno. She was in Maria Full of Grace, which I don't recognize. Imelda Staunton. Oh, she's British. Vera Drake. Imelda Staunton is going to come All right. And Kate Winslet in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. So Our last category is sound recording, which is different from sound editing. So, so when you're doing sound recording, that's that is the current uh, version of that category is sound mixing, which is the not the actual uh, sort of creation of the sounds, but the putting together of the film so that it sounds good. 
and it was nominated. I think there's a good continuity. There is. Because I, like I said before, I think, you know, that swank, mid-century modern, sexy James Bond vibe. I mean, the music, the pacing, Mm -hmm. the other... That's just... (laughs) Now, unfortunately for its chances to win, the Ray Charles uh, biopic came out this year. And you're not going to win against Ray Charles Piano. No, probably not. Well, and that was um, Jamie Foxx. That was Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, also in there, The Aviator, The Polar Express, and Spider-Man 2, which yeah. all of those have kind of interesting noises. Mm-hmm. So this was a good year for good noises. I uh, don't have... I mean, we could sit here and talk more about how we uh, watching The Incredibles is reminding us of our childhood a bit. That's not what this podcast is about. That's not what this about. podcast is about. Because that's not random enough for us. Yeah. And to answer the question of if anyone has or could win for... A voice only for best actor or actress. No one has ever been nominated. All right. So, but in theory, they could. Yeah, this is probably not going to happen. Probably not, because there's more than voice to acting. Yeah. Anyone have other thoughts? Patrick, you got some trivia for us? I haven't found a really good trivia element. Sorry. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I think we should watch it. I think it would be a great family cosplay. We have still we have considered it at points. We have one too many people. Yeah. You and Carrie yeah. could do it. We yeah. have no children. Yeah. We dress yeah. up Finley. Yeah. We'll dress up yeah. the dog. He'll be in credit dog. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll make him a suit. No, just be, no then she'll just be I like know, I guess I thought it was interesting that uh, that syndrome looks a little like Brad Bird. Yeah. They did it on purpose. Of course they did it on That's purpose. pretty cool. <laughs> do you need a model of face? Sure, we've got this face laying sure, around. Sure, we can make it look like him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we want to thank the Academy for doing its job in quality. Bye. Bye.